month ago, I started a series, Times of Renewal. The background to this was a lot of the things that we've been saying about the 2020s, the challenges that are going to come, uh, and in many ways the Holy Spirit alerted us to some of these challenges. I'm not saying that I predicted the virus, not at all, but I did see very clearly that the 2020s would be years of challenge, difficulty, in many ways for believers and also others. And uh, we've been preparing you for three years. Little did we know that come 2020 itself, we'll be facing one of the biggest global crises for some time. But our God is with us, and he does prepare us. Also, I suggest to you, I'm going to come right up front with it, I suggest to you the possibility that what we're seeing in London, Britain, globally also, could well be the birth pains of a renewal in the Holy Spirit that God wants to visit us with. We know that in end time theology, that there are birth pains of the end time. And I'm not saying these are they, but I'm saying that at such a time when people's life is being reassessed, their values are being reassessed, the fragility of our environment, the fragility of our structures, social structures, medical provisions, these things are at the forefront of people's minds. At such a time as this, it is important for the church to rise up in the spirit of renewal and demonstrate the new creation authority of God and the new creation manifestation of his renewal in our hearts and minds and spirits. Can I say, have an amen to that, please? Today I want to speak about times of renewal as it affects your spiritual mind. Your spiritual mind. Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 say this. I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Deep, rich words. So I will be spending some time in Romans chapter 12, and I'll come back to these verses next week, because I want to apply them particularly to our situation as it affects us today through the coronavirus and other things. Don't worry, it's not going to be a public health announcement, but we're going to think spiritually about some of these things. We're going to use our spiritual mind to test and discern the will of God at this time and also its challenge to our own hearts. I believe that God is just longing to bring a spirit of refreshing and renewal to your life. 
I'll say that again because I wanted a bigger amen. Wait, wait till I say it again. God wants to renew you. That's, he wants to restore you. Tonight we're going to be speaking, Simon's going to be speaking and ministering about restoration. Now the things that the 2020s are bringing are, are of great challenge, but I suggest to you that these could well be the precursor to the birth pains of a new move of God, but we must learn to think differently. It's all in the mind. Your mind matters. The mind is crucial. It determines so much else about you. If you want to experience the transforming power of God's new creation work in you, you're going to have to renew your mind. And the message in these verses, in short, is be changed from the inside out because there are outside-in pressures that are trying to make you conform, first of all, in the way you think and then in the way you act. Pressures coming from outside to make you conform to this world's values and this world's systems. And there is also, sad to say, but it is true, an inward temptation that kind of has a sympathy with these outside influences. There's still stuff in us which to have to do with the old mind, the old way of thinking, that finds some of this external stuff, worldly temptations, to be desirable. God is going to show you through these passages that if you test him, and by this it actually is a test, it's a taster test. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Test and see that my will is good, perfect and acceptable. You will rise up with a new confidence, but it all has to do with this inner renewing of your mind and your heart. Don't be conformed but be transformed. The headline message of today is your mind matters. I've got somebody on the side here just checking me because this is one of my favorite subjects and it's something I feel very passionate about. I'll do my best job both to be brief, direct, and when I feel I've hit the mark, I'll move on. But I want to tell you this. I want you to know that as a Christian, your mind matters. You didn't kiss your brains goodbye the day you became a Christian. Oh yes, you had an old mind, a carnal mind, yes you did. And this, the Bible says, is debased. Do you find sometimes there are words used to describe things and you find it a little bit hard to take? Depraved, debased thinking. But let's unpack those words. If something is debased, it is reduced to a lower level than its original intention, right? And God's original intention is dignifying. Godly thinking dignifies, godless thinking debases. In other words, if you think with your spiritual mind, you are thinking in line with your human dignity and purpose 
which means we as believers must be constantly attacking the strongholds of the mind and all of the deception that is out there that is passed off as normal and you can pick any particular philosophy, ideology that's around today. They all have one thing in common. They debase your thinking to a lower level than God's original plan for you, to dignify you, to bless you, to I was going to say glorify you. You know what I mean by that. It's a dangerous thing to say because God deserves the glory. But God is going to be glorified in you and through you. And his glory is going to be upon you. So I'm encouraging you to rise to the higher reasoning of the Holy Spirit to grasp the eternal things that God has for you. The old mind was fleshly, set on the flesh fleshly thoughts and desires, fleshly feelings, and fleshly choices. You see how I'm saying it. I'm trying to make it as undesirable as possible. But actually the truth is it is still quite desirable for us if we continue with our old way of thinking. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So the old mind was hostile. Hostile to God. Resistant to God. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Even if they wanted to. The old mind was darkened in understanding, lacking the light of wisdom and the truth of Jesus Christ, that brilliant revelation of God's holy truth. Yet these who are darkened in understanding, they claim to be awake. One of the favorite descriptions of people today is, I'm a woke person, I've woken up to all the needs of the world. Where you are still asleep, you haven't woken up for your need for Jesus Christ. You're not enlightened. If you're enlightened by human philosophy, you're enlightened by the Holy Spirit through the revelation of the Word of God and the person of Jesus Christ. Katika jinala yesu. I'm preaching strong now if I'm going into Swahili. That's what you had. But now you have a new mind, a spiritual mind. Listen to these statements. And I want you to listen to them as if you've never heard them before. Because they are staggering, and in the right sense of the word, unbelievable. And I'll come back to that. Because of course they're the truth and therefore believable. But it's very hard for the human mind to grasp this. Listen, you have the mind of Christ. Huh? We know it, we've heard it, but think about it. It is almost unbelievable that God has given us the very mind of Christ, which means that there is something within us that operates within us by the Holy Spirit and by the Spirit of renewal in which we can think like Jesus thinks. The Bible says you have the mind of the Spirit. Your mind is so impregnated, so permeated by the Holy Spirit that you have a spiritual mind, a mind that is set on the things of God and there is an anointing in your thinking when you're surrendered to the Holy Spirit. The Bible says you have a sound mind. The word behind that description is sozo, the word to be saved. The word salvation is used. It's also used of healing. So you have a saved and a healed mind. Amen and amen. amen. If you're suffering from confusion and it happens, if you're suffering from external attacks and you find yourself full of fear, do it. 
don't care how ridiculous you look, put your hands on your head and say, I declare I have a saved, sound mind. Amen and amen and amen and amen. Okay. All right. Now, it also says that you have a sober mind. Sober mind. And um, that, that sobriety is about rejecting toxins. There are spiritual toxins that affect the way you think. Now, when I looked into this word, I discovered something. It has the same sound in French as it has its meaning in the original language. Fren, which means breaks. Any French speakers here? One. Oh, dear. Oh, there's, oh, oh thank you. Merci, merci beaucoup. And the others who are watching online, my friends in France, bonjour, ça va? Okay, self-isolate, please. Okay, God bless you at home. All right, friend. So this means there's a mind that knows when to put the brakes on and has the brake brakes in place. A mind that can begin to wander, but you put the brakes on. Old Chinese proverb, so I say, I've never heard any Chinese person say it. Old Chinese proverb, you can't stop a bird from landing on your head, but you can stop it building a nest in your hair. All right, I've never seen anybody do that, but it's a saying. In other words, a thought may come to you, and, and it happens, and often happens, you sit down, have a cup of tea, and your mind wanders, and then there's a thought comes, and you think, what's this thought? You realize what that thought is, you can put the brakes on straight away and say, stop it. You can control your thinking. Say it again, by the Spirit of God, you can control your thinking. You can root out stinking thinking. You can stop the devil from having a field day in your thought life. And if you are spiritually minded, you can stop it straight away. And that's how we can help one another as well. It's self-controlled. It is also a humble and sincere mind. I was surprised when I just went through this. What is it? What is, what's our mind like? What is this spiritual mind like? And I was surprised, I kind of knew it, but surprised to see it afresh. You have a humble mind. You have a humble mind. God deliver us from all forms of arrogance. A humble mind. And our, we are humble minded because we, we have received the grace of God. And we don't vaunt our thinking. We don't exalt our thinking above the word of God. That is the most arrogant thing you can do, to vaunt your thinking over the top of God's thinking. I've, I've many times in my life, I say to God, I don't know what you, why you left out of me the one gift that I would have loved, and that is the ability to sing as sweetly as the angels. All right, it's, it's realistic, unrealistic to you. Uh, uh, another one is I, I said to the Lord one day, I said, Lord, did you get it right only making seven days a week because I've got, it's the end of the week and I've got three more days work. So how many, how, do you, how many know that often you have to submit your thinking to the reality of God? Not the other way around. God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And being able to reach out and touch the very mind of God and the heart of God is what your spiritual mind is all about. And it's what renewal is all, all about. Now, it doesn't mean to say we despise our natural thinking and our natural capacity. No. 
I want to exalt spiritual intelligence but not negate the gift of natural intelligence in and of itself. Intelligence is neither good nor bad. It's how you use it that's important. And the more intelligence you have, the more you develop your little grey cells. Actually, I discovered from anatomy, they're not grey, but they're light brown. Any doctors here? Any doctors here? I'm speaking to the wrong audience. The doctors are at home. They're not grey, they're brown. But never mind about that. That's, that's just a big shock from A-level a biology to what I'm studying now. But God has given you a brain. And this brain is so special. I've been studying it all week for biology purposes, but it's in my mind. And this brain has the capacity to think and reason, to love, to create, to feel, to be strong, to be compassionate. The brain is extraordinary. Use it. Grow it. Grow in your intelligence if you're done trying. I'm encouraging you. One of the things that's got me going on this topic is that um, I've been... Uh, looking up and, and listening to a whole lot of thinkers, uh, sociologists and, and people who are speaking po to the pu public in a popular kind of way, great, great men of learning. And I've listened, listened to them. And over and over again, I am amazed at two things. First of all, I'm amazed at their intellectual gifts. And I think, dear Lord, where are the men and women of faith and intellect? Where are they? Let's develop that. Let's grow in wisdom. Let's grow in understanding. Let's be ready to use our natural gifts to the full. That's what has amazed me. And I thought, dear Lord, I'm almost jealous. Lord, where are our people, highly intelligent, highly skilled people, in high places, spirit-filled and Bible-believing. Then the second thing, while they do come up with remarkable insights from time to time, second thing that has done is how stupid they are. They waste their brains on notions which are self-evidently untrue because even the most intellectual people are still blinded in their understanding. Anyway, what we should do is demonstrate good spirit-filled, intellectual development and to the point of being promoted to those places where only the very clever people can go. Now, maybe I'm overstating this, so let, let me come back and just make sure you know what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that you have to be clever to be a Christian. Although you are a Christian, you're cleverer than, than the most brilliant person who's not a Christian. I'm not saying that God can't use you above your own natural wisdom and understanding. I'm not saying that at all. You know I believe the opposite. But what I am saying is that we should have a place for the mind in our faith. Amen? Amen. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Mark chapter 12 and verse 30. And you see today, one of the aspects of the spirit of the age, I would call it uh, uh, the unthinking generation. We can't be like that. The world is remarkable in its inability to think things through. 
And that same spirit of the age can enter the church if we're not careful. Let me outline some of them. First of all, there's this idea of subjective. Subjective. What I think, what I feel, what I experience, it's my reality. You have your reality. I have my reality. They're not the same reality because there's no such thing as reality. That's, I mean, that is about the most nonsensical you could be, but top professors are teaching this. They've been teaching this for generations. No wonder our kids are confused, and now the kids are the adults, and their kids are doubly confused. Relativism, this, this kind of thinking. Um, let me give you a direct quote. In one of my interviews, as I was interviewing somebody from the millennial generation, and they don't all think like this, but this young lady, wonderful young lady, I said, what do you believe? She said, I believe everything. Well, anybody says they believe everything, it means they believe nothing. So I said, really? So tell me about it. She said, well, uh, she said, I don't believe it because it's true. It's true because I believe it. And there she was. Truth has no relationship with reality in her mind. We are people of truth. There is a truth. He's not a philosophy or an ideology or a set of propositions. Truth is a person and his name is Jesus and all truths flow from him. Every proposition, every assertion, every reality flows from him. He is ultimate reality and he's your saviour and his name is Jesus. Also, lack of critical thinking skills. I blame the social media, and I love social media, but it's an echo chamber. You never listen to anybody that disagrees with you. And the algorithm makes sure that you only listen to the people that you agree with. They don't get out of their bubble, out of their box. Don't do that. And, and they come up with ridic ridiculous things. I spoke to one of the most accomplished, well-known journalists of our generation, and I was talking to him about, he wanted to do something on us. I was talking to him about evangelical Christianity. And he looked at me and he said, I hate certainty. So I said, are you certain about that? <laughs> yes, he said. Not realizing that he just issued the most ridiculous, self-defeating statement that you could imagine. Now I say all that because when it talks about the spirit of the age and the world, pushing us into its mold, a lot of it has to do with the world wanting you to think the way they think, to reason as they reason. But we do not reason with the old mind which is darkened in its understanding. We reason with the reasoning of the Holy Spirit. How could you ever walk a supernatural walk if you don't reason with the supernatural thinking? of the Holy Spirit. Everything can be tested, everything can be backed up. There are good reasons for what we do, why we believe what we believe, all these are good reasons. But as we come right down to it, here is a word right in line with God's will for us at this particular time. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 13. Therefore, Preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that we brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Sober-mindedness 
right action and filling your mind with the positive expectation and focus of the future revelation that is coming to us. You can't lose. Have you heard of a no-win situation? We're in a no-lose situation. Our hope is not in the medical profession. They're doing the best they can. Our hope is not in the scientists. Thank God for the scientific understanding which gives us you know, wisdom as to how to avoid the microbes and so forth. But our hope is in trust, trust is in the gospel of Jesus Christ, the future manifestation of the kingdom of God, and life as it shall be. And everything that takes place now, the ups and downs, the happiness, the joy, the, the blessings, the disappointments, all those things are going to give way to the fulfillment of all things and therefore we're not only father facing but we are future oriented and our hope is not in what we see or even not in what is now, our hope is in what shall be. Amen and amen. So <laughs> what I've just done, did you, did you notice it? What I've just done is I've sanitized your mind. <laughs> we, we, we've applied some spiritual sanitation and that will deal with a lot of stuff. But I want to leave you with two revolutionary thoughts that come from this text. Two revolutionary thoughts. Now I mean it literally. These are thoughts, realities that have got to grip your mind and your heart. Secondly, they're revolutionary because they will transform your life. I think you know both of them already, but I'm going to take you through them briefly, but strongly. Did you notice in our text, it says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. It doesn't say, become acceptable to God. In other words, it's saying, you are now already totally accepted and acceptable to God. In fact, you are as acceptable to God as Jesus is because you are in Christ. This is a very important foundational truth that must be more than it's something we could write a doctrinal treatise about. It is something that must penetrate your mind and change your thinking from ground zero upwards. God loves you. He has saved you, put you in Christ. And when he said of Jesus, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, he can also say the same of you. He loves you. He's pleased with you. He's welcomed you. He's forgiven you. You are a child of His. He honors you. He wants to bless you because He has made you 100% acceptable to Him in Christ. Amen and amen. Just pause there for a while. That's a renewal principle. Because you see, it's not about we have to do this and this and this before God will take us further. Yes, of course there's obedience. I'm coming on to that. But we start from a winning position. 
We start from a position of acceptance. We start from a position we don't have to persuade God to love us. We don't have to do anything to make sure he continues to love us. He can never love you any more than he really loves you. Never love you any less than he really loves you. And it's all the gift of God in Christ. This is the mercy of God. This is the grace of God. This is the gift of God. And that will give you more power in mental health then anything else or the other things are also helpful. And we need to get back to that. People have to have an identity today because we've lost the truth of the scripture from society. No wonder people are confused. They don't know who they are. They don't know that they are loved. Even now as I speak, the biggest cause of death amongst young people, young men already, is suicide. And we need to speak hope. We need to speak reality and let it register in your heart today. God loves you. He accepts you. He's never going to leave you, never going to forsake you. He will never reject you. God, that's the first thing for a good biblical sound mind. Amen and amen. amen. So you are as acceptable to God and as pleasing to God as Jesus is. But then the text also goes on to say, Test that you may, may discern what is the will of God and discover what is good and acceptable and perfect. Wow. That's amazing. So the first revolutionary truth is you are as acceptable to God as Jesus Second truth, you can discover that God's will is, ac is as acceptable to you and as pleasing to you as it is acceptable and pleasing to God. That's a discovery. It's not automatic. That's why he says, test, discern, taste. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Okay, so God says, now listen. Renew your mind. Put your new mind into action and you will by that be able to test me and prove that my way is the best even if at the, at the beginning it seems to be counter to culture, seems to be against everything that we've been taught, everything that we believe from our culture when we say no to that old stuff, yes to the new stuff, we are blessed and we discover that it's the most fulfilling, the most acceptable, and the most pleasing way of living. Now that requires a renewal in our mind to get there. It's not automatic. But that's the capacity. And I believe that what we're going to see in the renewal that is upon us and the renewal that is coming, that more and more people are going to be able to stand up and say, do you know what? The Holy Spirit puts, put his finger on something in my life. And it was so dear to me, so desirable to me. And I, I struggled and struggled and struggled and I thought God was the biggest party pooper in history. Until I went God's way. And the peace that came, the joy that came, the health, the overflowing abundance, that came, and I'm speaking all these words, of course, they have the physical counterparts. I'm speaking about your internal state. Shalom must be in your heart before it will be in your life. Amen. 
And if the shalom, the goodness of God, is not easily discernible by your circumstances through times of testing and difficulty, and it's still in your heart, you have resisted an infection far worse than the coronavirus. You've resisted the pollution of your mind and your spirit. God's way is good because God is a good God. God's way is perfect because He is perfect. God's way is fulfilling because He is fullness itself. Amen? Amen. Take those revolutionary thoughts and let them revolutionize your thinking and your life. I promise you, follow that through and you will find how powerful it is when we surrender to the renewing of the Holy Spirit in our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. Heavenly Father, we pray at the end as we prayed in the beginning. Take the revelation of your word by your Holy Spirit. Touch every heart here. And I pray, Father, we will see a miracle of mental renewal that we will live more in our spiritual mind. I pray for everybody watching online right now that you will touch them. You will bless them. And pray, Father, that whatever work you do in their hearts in these moments will be permanent life-changing and fruitful. In Jesus' name, amen.